beer sound. Hello, Internet. My name is Sean Michael Patrick Thompson. As always, your host of Drink to the Past, the only podcast where I drink a tree and remind you to share and subscribe to our content. Also, ring the bell to get notifications every Friday, except for this is the audio version that I'm now recording. So go over to YouTube and do that, and then you'll get live notifications for the YouTube version of the podcast. That'll be great, because we're live every Friday night. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, always a fun time. Anyways, uh, today I am joined by two very wonderful guests. Uh, we got Mr. David Wynn Nystrom returning once more. Yeah. And another guest who I have looked at your username 8 million times in the time we have known each other, and I have no idea how the hell to pronounce it. It's Usmania. Usmania. Okay. Yeah. So, so because I didn't one. know how to pronounce that, I also have to drink. If you're drinking along at home, you get uh, visual cues on the uh, uh, YouTube version. I'll, I'll let you know. So Sean drinks something stupid this week is actually literally that tree. Um, <laughs> I, I got my Christmas tree set up here this morning, uh, which I, I am actually physically drained from doing that because I went all the way onto this big ass hike into the woods and cut it down and my wife picked out a larger one than she ever has, and uh, I decided to make pine needle tea out of it. So uh, that's actually not bad. And mm. I, of course, because we have to be drinking constantly on a drink to the past, I also got my Santa mug. <laughs> um, it's it's the Ooh. season for Christmas hats and Santa mugs, apparently. Um, so I, I put a couple of shots of Kraken in here. So uh, a little bit of Kraken and pine tea. It's not bad, actually. I'm surprised at how well that came sounds, out. Sounds delicious, actually. Yeah. I've never actually made <laughs> pine tea before, so I literally just took a buttload of pine needles off of the branches that I cut off to make the tree fit in my house and <laughs> shoved them in a pot and boiled it for a while, and it it worked. So apparently that's how picturing you make pine scene, tea. <laughs> picturing the scene from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Clark's got the chainsaw up over his head. <laughs> Jason Voorhees mask on. <laughs> nice. All right. Now, let's see. I've got two beers of the week. What should I start with? Uh, hazy American Classic or a Muncher Lager? Both of those. Go with okay. the lager. Go with the lager. All right. We'll start with the lager. Uh, what are you guys drinking? I see you got a big old mug of stout or something there, don't you? I have. This is one I actually got specifically for this. Uh, it's a local brewery called Third Space Brewing, and it's called Unite the Clans. Awesome. Is it Scotch that ale was, or something? Uh, yeah. Yes, it is a Scottish-style ale. Nice. And then my other beer after this one is another local brewery, Oso's Brewing Company, Night Rain. All right. So if you are um, in whatever area he's in, then check out those local breweries. Or, uh, yeah, or Wisconsin. Uh, ask your local places if they can import them or something. Because we always... Also, I noticed now that I left the beer of the week on the wrong beer because it still says Kugel Snowdrift Porter from last week. So I'll have to drink again, but that's okay. That's a good excuse to drink this uh, Muncher Lager, which is uh, original Munich Lager from Polliner. Mm. That ain't bad. Nice, clean... Easy drinking. Mm. I forgot to get a glass, too. I, I got my Santa cup, and that's... Usually, I like to show off my glassware. Everything's going crazy this week. <laughs> but that's okay, because we're here to talk about a crap load of Zelda after we get through the news and booze. Um, how did you say you pronounce it? Usmania? 
it's Usmania. Usmania, okay. So yeah, just, uh, ma- just na- mania as you normally speak. Would, yeah, uh, yeah. Pronounce it. What was I going to say to you? I had a, mm. I had a thought, and then I was going to say it, and, and then I didn't. <laughs> now I feel silly again. Um, oh, what are you drinking? That's what... Yeah, you're probably not drinking much alcohol. You you, you don't do much booze, do you? No, I'm just drinking a drink called Ribena, which I don't think is available in America, actually. It's a fruit drink. That like fruit shoot or... Mm-hmm. Sounds black current, black current drink. Okay, yeah. But, uh, uh, I'm, I remember when I was over uh, across that side of the pond, at some point I had some kind of black current drink, and I thought that was interesting. Uh, yeah, black current is not a uh, thing that most Americans put in their drinks. I'm not totally sure yeah. why. Yeah, but <laughs> we're a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> All right. I was gonna, I was gonna bring some milk, but I didn't actually have any, so that's no milk. My favorite drink. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can't go wrong with good old milk. It makes you strong. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, it's rec- it's recommended that you have eight glasses of water a day, but I usually drink eight glasses of milk a day. That's a lot of milk. I don't think that's a lot of milk. (laughs) All right. Well, as long as we're in the Christmas season, too, I'm going to show off my little Zelda ornament I got a couple of years ago from Hallmark. This is the one time I've actually given a shit about a Hallmark ornament is they got this little link and he plays the music. I'm the coolest guy on the podcast now until Dave opens up his fire emblem. Ah <laughs> oh, shit! I dropped it. <laughs> they make a um, like a gold Stay. cartridge version of the uh, Zelda one too. That's supposed to be like super heavy. Like I've seen put it, people put it on trees and it just like weighs down the whole branch. Yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, that's kind of neat. But uh, I don't know. This this one's got the original artwork link and plays some music and all mm-hmm. that. I'm like, that one I really dig. The other one I was like, yeah, that looks neat. But I wasn't like music. rushing out to get it. Yeah. Everything's better with more music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If there was a soundtrack CD in that special edition Fire Emblem, I totally would have bought that. Oh, God. That was like the one thing. That, would have been yeah. just. Yeah, yeah. But what you going to do? Um, anyways, uh, I'm going to drink more of this tea. That's what I'm going to do. And then we can get into the news and booze. Uh, so first piece mm-hmm. of news and booze tonight, uh, Yuri Geller is a uh, guy you may know from the 90s as that guy who bent spoons with his mind. And why is he in gaming news, you ask? Well, because actually he won a lawsuit 20 years ago uh, against the Pokemon company and or Nintendo. I didn't read all the details, but basically he sued them for using his image and actually kind of his name because the Japanese name of Kadabra, the Pokemon that had this bending spoons, is Jungeller. Uh, obviously taking from his name, <laughs> Yuri Geller. So, um, hmm. and he uh, made this big thing. He made a video and put it on Twitter and all that and just said, I'm sorry for being so stupid. Uh, I am releasing the ban on Kadabra on Pokemon cards now. So for the first time in 20 years, Pokemon can now oh, print man. Kadabra on a Pokemon card. So I, I just thought this was such a weird-ass story that I had to cover it and talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like well, I vaguely I remember like... <laughs> the lawsuit, but I, as a kid, I didn't pay that much attention to that kind of thing. So I, I had no idea that we've gone 20 years without a Kadabra card. 
that that's completely a new new things to me. Yeah, because uh, I, I, I have like several cards in my collection. I feel like that's one of those things that I heard once upon a time and was like, you know, when I was on the playground trading Pokemon cards and probably was like, yeah, that's not real. Probably. Right. Ever. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> the kind of thing that would be made up that the Spoonbender guy sued the Spoonbender Pokemon, but it's totally true. <laughs> Every time I say Spoonbender, I think of like Avatar, the last airbender where he's like, a sp I'm spoon bending. <laughs> it's like earth bending turned into mental bending, but specifically for spoons. He's just one guy off in the corner, you know, he's sitting there by himself just doing that. What's your power? Bend spoons. Yeah. Right. So are you guys going to rush out and buy a Kadabra as soon as it's printed on a cardigan? Hmm. Anybody I have to, I have to go to my local, uh, <laughs> local comic book shop because... Gone are the days that I used to get Pokemon cards in the local supermarket. So, gonna have to dig that out, I guess. Yeah. All right. Uh, my next son piece. gets into Pokemon, maybe, but. Yeah. Uh, my kids are into Pokemon, but they're also into bending every card that ever comes into their hands. So, I'm like, we're not there yet. Okay. <laughs> I'm they like, have something I in keep all my magic cards on a very high shelf. <laughs> I'm like, well, I got some expensive some... magic cards. You're not touching them. <laughs> it's funny the when... other. Yes, the other trait is card bending. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned. <laughs> funny that you mentioned Pokemon because about a year and a half ago, I was like, ah, Pokemon's just a relic from my past, mm -hmm. and I decided to buy Let's Go Eevee. And mm -hmm. since then, I've gone back into the anime, watched up to Diamond and Pearl now, and then mm -hmm. it's Pokemon Sword, and become a Pokemon fan again all of a sudden. Yeah, funny how it all comes around eventually yeah. for most Pokemon fans. I know a mm -hmm. lot of people who were like big Gen 1ers and ended up coming back for Sword and Shield or even for Pokemon Go, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, I've been that on the me. Pokemon Go train now. I keep – it's funny. Uh, they announced that I'll get a secret achievement if I get to level 40 by the end of the year because they're going to rebalance the whole thing and up the level cap to level 50. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But – it, then I'm like playing Age of Calamity instead of <laughs> Pokemon Go the last couple of weeks, so I haven't actually hardly touched it. But I've I've played little bits here and there, and it's I think actually they've done a really good job keeping Pokemon Go like having some amount of new content pretty much constantly to keep you engaged. At least opening the app every now and then, just like yeah, we'll go to Pokemon. Yeah. Or, Is there a Pokestop? Cool, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't like actively play, but it's a good like time mm. waster if I'm you know waiting at someplace or something. I'm like, That's sure, awesome, yeah. So yeah, next piece of news and booze: Doom Eternal has finally got a release date for Nintendo Switch. It is coming December eighth, which is actually really soon. But for me, it's a little too late because I just got tired of waiting and I bought it on PS4 and I was like, I kind of want it on Switch, but. I'm not gonna wait. Done waiting. That's what I've that's what I've heard most people say, like, oh yay, it's coming. Mm. I don't care anymore. I've already got it on PC, I've got it on Xbox, yeah. I've got it on PS4, whatever. Yeah. You know, they have it elsewhere at this point. Right. Like, Especially now that it's yeah. on Game Pass yeah. as well. So I'm like, I can play it on my phone. Right. I, I don't even care that it's mobile well, anymore. Yeah, and like Right, and that's the you know, that's the only selling point of it being on the Switch now is that it's mobile. Yeah. Well it's also on Game Pass, so yeah. I mean, like admittedly, uh, games run better on Switch than they do on 
mobile game pass so th- there is there is an argument for sure. it definitely but at the same time i have this access to it so if, if you're already subscribed to game pass it's like why would you pay an additional 60 bucks to get it on switch you know uh, especially since it's only. yeah it's it's digital only that's another kind of killer is like mm. i would have thought about double dipping because it's a pretty good game and i'd like it on switch but then they're like, oh, we're canceling the physical edition. And I'm like, don't even care. <laughs> so yep. that's kind of sad, but still yep. kind of cool for the people that really, you know, because I know some people that did hold out for it because they wanted it on Switch instead. So <laughs> it's cool. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, either are you big into Doom? <laughs> no, not really. I was always more inclined to Wolfenstein. Mm-hmm. Not actually played a Doom game so. before myself, to be honest. Wow. Crazy man. All right. Um, <laughs> last piece of news and booze. That this news is... just went right. <laughs> Here's all this news about Doom, n- and neither of you guys played it. Oh. <laughs> That's okay. it's cool. I like the idea. Yeah. Rip and tear, man. Uh, so, last piece of news and booze here is the. This is a strange one. The Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia has bought a 33% share of SNK with intentions to become the majority shareholder. So hmm. I don't want to get too political into this, but this is like, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of people that are getting political about this and being like, this means bad shit. I'm never buying SNK again. You know, I'm like, <laughs> wow, that's kind of, I mean, I don't really pay attention to their politics over there or anything, but it's at the same time, it's really weird use of fuck you money as a, prince to just buy a video game company i guess maybe yeah, he wants to be the king I of fighters that <laughs> bad <laughs> joke we have to drink <laughs> mm. i mean it's i'm not a pr- solid joke but i'll drink <laughs> this tea is actually you, not that bad you have, you have like uh, saudi or these arab kings or princes buying football clubs or soccer clubs and what's a gaming company at the end of the day right you know or if you have fuck you money, Gateway you might as well. E-sport. Right? Yeah. There's right. probably a lot yeah. of money in there. Gateway into esports. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I guess that's oh, all yeah, for course. news and booze. I guess we haven't rated our drinks yet. So uh, what do you rate that beer there, Dave? Three to 17 is our scale of uh, rating. This is a solid 15, 16. I, I love I love this beer. I've had it before. It's one yeah. of my favorites. Awesome. Um, I dig a great scotch. I, I myself. bought it on a whim. Oh, yeah, I bought it on a whim a couple of months back and was like, "This is amazing. I'm willing to buy this all the time." Mm-hmm. And it been it been a couple of weeks since I had some of it, so I stopped and picked some up tonight. Awesome. This pine tea and crack along with is surprisingly good. I'm going to give this a uh, 14 on a scale of three to 17. What do you call your impronounceable British guy drink? <laughs> Ribena. Ribena. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's it's probably one of my favorite drinks, so I'm probably going to give it about 14 or 15. All right. Milk is a solid 17. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Oh, you okay. can't, can't go wrong with milk. It's, <laughs> it's perfection. <laughs> I do actually really like milk myself, so I mean, I'll drink to that. What kind of milk? I like milk in things. What kind of milkshake like do you chocolate like? Chocolate milk? Chocolate milk, yeah, that's... <clears throat> chocolate milk is, that's... is the bomb. Banana's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Banana milk? Oh, yeah. Hmm. That's a thing we don't have here. 
Shaky's that I know of. Also, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I've All right. And uh, we'll get Sorry? into our video game topic today, which is all the topics, which is all about Age of Calamity. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's a great idea. Let's open that first. So, for those of you enjoying our YouTube yeah. uh, edition, uh, you get to watch Dave unbox this sweet uh, Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon Collector's Edition. Uh, Technically, it's a shadow dragon and the blade of light because they they can't have enough yes. subtitle, right? <laughs> so, As you can see, it's a very big box. I am super Those hyped of for you that. Watching and I'm it's considering bigger. walking over there just to get my switch and download it now because I forgot to do that this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was busy hauling this fucking listening. tree back. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you listening it's about one two two and a half beer cans tall and a beer can thick yeah is is that a is that a Um, a 12 ounce or a 16 ounce beer can that is a 12 ounce okay cool 12 ounce beer can important distinction to make (laughs) yes indeed So I, I thought about buying this so many times also. Uh, I Just every time I saw a link for it, I clicked just to check if it was available, and it never was. Uh, I, I thought about going, if yeah. I was going to get it, I feel like it, my best shot would have been to go to my actual local game store and see if they had any or pre-order it there before. That was usually what I, I have I, I usually have good luck with that kind of thing. But uh, I just... That- I yeah, just that's kept what I had to do. I had to go in store and being like, "No, I just bought Age of Calamity. I just bought you know this and that." And Nintendo Power Cover. That's awesome. Yep, I fucking love that. It's got a bunch of information on the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, in both, uh, let's see, that's English. That looks mm-hmm. like uh, French. So there you go. I love how Marth's old art in that picture just has no pants, just like old school. Oh Link. yeah, Link has no uh, pants Marth, in this. No pants. Yeah, no pants. It's, it's something about Maybe. Nintendo characters from the 80s. They could not have pants. Donkey Kong didn't have pants. Kirby didn't have pants. Kirby still doesn't have pants. Kirby right. still doesn't we need to have talk pants. To, and neither does Donkey Kong. Yeah. We need to talk to these there people about There is a serious nudity problem. At least Donkey Kong wears a tie now, so he's not completely it's, naked. This is true. He's a classy nudist. <laughs> so there's right. would you uh, get for Donkey Kong. What would I what? Gym shorts. Like oh, track pants. pants. Yeah. That's a good choice. Hammer pants. I Hammer pants not. or track pants. Hmm. I'm trying to picture that now. I'm just imagining cargo <laughs> shorts and a Hawaiian shirt. A Hawaiian Kong? shirt. Are you describing uh, Funky Kong here? It might be. I guess. Uh, yeah, that's, that's probably where they got the idea for that. <laughs> yeah, so that's awesome. <laughs> that's thinking. the little NES retro box there. Yep, it's the NES retro box, mm-hmm. and it has it seems it has like the... most of the goodies, other goodies inside of it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh, but I thought this was just going to be plastic, but like this is like hard, like poured, like um, glass, epoxy. You're not epoxy, but like almost glass. Yeah, like mm. very hard, thick plastic. It's the clear NES controller or cart. Yeah, controller. that's super awesome. I, I very... want to display that on my shelf, and I was like, that was the big draw for me, and I was like, that's cool, but it's not 50 bucks cool. Throw in a soundtrack CD, yeah. and I would have bought it. If it had, even the, just uh, the 8-bit chip sleeve. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. There's the sleeve for it, so you can keep fingerprints off of it, which 
would have been wise. Let's see what's at the bottom here. I think that's just the spacer. Yeah, it's just cardboard. Awesome. There's like the the download code. Ah, you can't, okay, you so, can't have my download code. Oh, I was going to say, everybody look now and, and copy <laughs> his download code before he gets it to our one concurrent viewer. Hello, one viewer. Yeah. We'll drink to our one viewer. We had a record nice last map. week. We had three viewers at one point in the podcast. Or four, maybe. We're growing. And then this, We're a grower, not a show. like enemies and stats. Oh, that's cool. Nice little poster. Awesome. It's nice. I really like this map. Thing. I love maps. Yeah. yeah. I really love maps. I don't like maps when they're double-sided because then I have to choose which side I want to display. Right. I like have my that problem with... I got a map right here, actually, because I got the map from the Octopath Traveler uh, edition. Uh, but usually I keep it on this side with the artwork of all the characters because this is super badass, too. Oh, that's... I'm like, but it's 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 such a hard call because the map is so fucking cool. I'm, I'm not even... Well, that's what I have going on with... I'm not even... That's what I have going on with my Breath of the Wild one there. I'm not even an Octopath Traveler. using the tapestry of that. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I'm not into Octopath, I'm not into Octopath Traveler, but that actually looks really nice. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like super I'll, happy I'll, with this, with the cloth and everything. I was like, that is that is perfect. That whole special I'll edition totally is probably the best special edition I've ever bought. It's got the the big pop up book and a coin and a soundtrack oh. and and the cloth map. I was wish like, I <clears throat> I wish I had got that. If I had known how much I was gonna love that game, I would have gotten mm. that. Right. I don't know. I played half like the reason the, I got this. I played I... the half of the demo. I I didn't play uh, when they get, released the original demo. I played Primrose's chapter and I stopped there. Mm. I didn't play Ulbrich's chapter. Uh, I just was like, it okay. stopped you after one chapter. Oh, did it? I thought you demo could play... stopped you after one chapter. Okay, I thought I, you oh, could play. Oh no, one, yeah, but... you're right. You, no, you're right. You're right because you yeah. had it was like three hours gameplay. That's yeah, right. Something yeah, something like that. But I stopped after Primrose because I was just like, this is something special and i got a gut feeling that this is going to be one of my favorite games of all time and immediately when they announced this wayfarer edition i was just on the pre-order bandwagon i'm like okay mm. where is it available it's on gamestop it's on whatever i ended up getting it from amazon which is weird because i never get video games from amazon because i'd rather go to a store most of the time but i, I was just like sure. i need this edition and it and ended up being like up in my top three games of all time it's so fucking good. Best soundtrack of all time by far, too. I just, I just love the music yeah. in that game. Oh, it's it's an amazing game. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, so then this this is the instruction booklet. For for those of you who are too young to remember, instruction booklets used to come with mm. games and would tell you facts about the game, how to play the game, and have amazing artwork in it. Like, hang on, there's a picture. I saw a picture of... Our pantsless hero in here somewhere. <laughs> like this. Yeah, there's our pantsless hero. As well as all the other playable characters. Do and any of them have what pants? things look like? Uh, I can't see any of them past the waist. Okay. Well, so... this guy, I kind of can. He's on a horse, though, okay. so that doesn't count. Okay, he's got to have pants on a horse. <laughs> that would be awkward. <laughs> I have not done much horse then... riding, but I imagine it would be awkward without pants. <laughs> yep. The last thing is the art book. Ow. That's the big one. This, this is the big one. And it is also shrink wrapped. You have to be very careful. 
Don't cut them pages. Yep. I would cry. Blood <laughs> on the floor. Ooh, listen to that. That's so this, the sound oh, yeah. of good quality okay. paper. This has some very nice artwork of, it looks like all the characters, both are like in their older styles as well as some of their updated styles. Um, and that actually looks like it has characters from maybe later in the series even. I'm trying to, I am trying to see. That most of the characters from Fire Emblem Warriors game. Uh, might be some of the warriors, yeah. Like, so there's... I got the special edition of Fire Emblem Warriors. That was pretty cool, because it came with, like, a three-CD soundtrack with almost a hundred songs. Nice. Ooh. That was a pretty cool one. Plus, like, this pack of art cards for the various uh, characters that you could play. So that Hmm. was pretty cool. There you go. There's the uh, little mini unboxing. Yeah, exclusive here on Drink to the Past. That's our second exclusive unboxing. We had Crow unbox his PS4 the other day, or his PS5 the other day. So maybe I'll I'll get a PS4 and unbox that on the podcast here. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to unbox my Xbox Series S on the podcast, and then I... uh, wanted to play video games so i i played video games before the podcasts <laughs> so you know what you're gonna do you, you win some you lose some all right uh anyways shall we get into our uh, age of calamity discussion here all right to go let's go all right so um we're gonna kind of go over every little detail about this and uh, i'm gonna warn everybody who's watching right now this is the big spoiler warning so uh, if you're not interested in hearing this sort of discussion, uh, spoilers is literally in the name of the episode on every platform. So why the fuck did you click on it? Uh, I, I mean, unless you just wanted the news and booze. Uh, but if you just wanted the news and booze, we're done with that. So get out of here. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, Age of Calamity. Where, sh- where should we start? Should we start with the story, gameplay? Uh, there's there's a lot of directions we could go right away. Uh this is just a ton to digest uh, yeah. on this game, I feel like. <clears throat> I could probably start off from my perspective, which is probably the tiny minority of them, and that I got absolutely everything I wanted from the game. I did mm. not want a prequel for Breath of the Wild. I want I wanted a new story. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but I know I'm probably in the tiny minority of people in that sense. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm Go okay that we got something different but i feel like my biggest problem with the fact that we got an alternate story instead of a true prequel is that nintendo kind of advertised it as a prequel like part of the reason i bought this was on the hype that like the idea behind this game is here's a prequel shit's gonna go crazy people are gonna die you're gonna lose it's gonna be a dark story and and because that's i feel what the trailers advertised and i feel like they falsely advertised that and i'm not sad with the story as it is for what it is but i am sad that they i'm 
just a little like kind of pissed off that they're like advertising something that is totally not what they sold me. When you market it as it's time to hear what happened 100 years ago and then show only clips of things that are plausible to have happened 100 years prior to age to um, to yeah, to Breath of the Wild. You tripped over your own words. Then you, you get into the game and you realize and then you get into the game, you realize that's not it. It takes a minute to kind of get past that. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, that's that's fair and everything, and I understand that perspective, but I do think it was a very good move by Nintendo because it kind of gave us a huge surprise at the end of the day that getting complete prequel to Breath of the Wild. But the thing is, we kind of already got that story back in Breath of the Wild. We got the cutscenes from before and we got we kind of already knew the story for I mean as bland as it was I'd say in Breath of the Wild but getting new things getting new content and just getting completely different story I think was what made it good and for the record I actually think that Age of Calamity is special because of Breath of the Wild and because we experienced the events of Breath of the Wild I think that's what really adds to it I I completely agree I think I have no problems with Age of Calamity. In fact, even after, once I finished it, I went ahead and I ranked them side by side, Breath of the Wild and Age of Calamity. And not too much surprised by me, I liked Age of Calamity more than I liked Breath of the Wild. I Significantly so. All right, and well... Sorry, go ahead. And that's coming at it... That's coming at it from you know, the perspective of Breath of the I was expecting the prequel to Breath of the Wild because I was I wanted that story. I still want that story, honestly. I you know but and then we might get touched on this later, but I don't think I'll ever get that story from Nintendo, period. I don't think they're ever going to give me that story. Yeah. It's just not their brand. That's not who they are. So when I, I and I'll to go through my experience with the game, <clears throat> chapter five. In the future champions, when uh, when Taba, Sidon, Riju, and Yonobo showed up, I sat back and I almost I was this close to putting the controller down and saying, "Okay, I'm good," because it 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 hurt. Mm-hmm. I kept playing, I kept playing. I am so glad I did because I love this game. This is. This is one of my favorite Zelda games of all time now. Absolutely. It is Yeah. It, it is it did something it, it it was it was just that good to me. Mm-hmm. It a... felt like Breath of the Wild with a better story. It felt like Breath of the Wild with the story that I felt like I got robbed of in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Anybody an... who has listened to the show a couple weeks ago, I was on here talking about that yeah, yeah. Right thing. <laughs> right. So. Uh, real quick, I have a couple of comments here. Uh, actually, kind of a, a little bit of a long couple of comments. So I'm going to go through these. Uh, this is from Javier Vasquez uh, commenting on YouTube. Um, uh, he's got an interesting take on this. Uh, he's. I'm, I'm going to just read his comments so we can, we can kind of see what we think about this. Uh, he's saying the story sucks. When compared to that of Breath of the Wild, I mean both the lore and the mythology are very inconsistent compared to the entire Zelda series. The events didn't make sense. 
Also, guys, seen a bunch of overpowered characters, both the past and present champions, fighting alongside Link, and Zelda pretty much breaks the lore in how many incar incarnations of Ganondorf are supposed to be defeated. I mean, guys, the narrative of this game, when compared to the story and mythology of The Legend of Zelda's story itself, it literally comes off as an absolute fan fiction that makes zero sense when it comes to the overall story of the series. There's there's some interesting things actually in here. I don't agree with all of that, <clears throat> but I will say that uh, his fan fiction comparison is one that I have made myself several times while I was playing the game, uh, specifically because like um, like I I kind of look at the original Hyrule Warriors as a fan fiction, and I expected this one to be uh, more of a, a canon story. And now it, now that I've played it, I'm not sure it is. I think, you know, it's a good story and it could technically be canon, but it's, it's also because they went such a different direction. I feel like it's, it's more in that realm of fan fiction or spinoff. Now it doesn't feel like a canon game anymore because of that direction that they went in. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Actually, both being fan fiction writers yourselves. Hmm. <clears throat> that's, that's that's interesting because I'd say is if it, when it comes to like you think that the story is a mess, the comment was saying. Hmm. I mean, Ocarina of Time, you had the timeline split. I think I agree that's a bigger mess when you say. Oh, there's three different endings. One is the hero's defeated, and then one you, you have... Because that's a complete what-if that we've never seen before in terms of the downfall timeline. Mm. So, but I think it's interesting when you talk about canon or not canon. I think I've heard from a lot of YouTubers on Zelda is that it's canon but not canon, that events actually happen, but it might just end up being its own timeline twig. They're not really going to do very much of it. And I mean... Which is fair, because as much as I love Age of Calamity, I think, because there's some speculation about Breath of the Wild 2, whether that's going to be after Breath of the Wild, or is it going to be after Age of Calamity, absolutely think it should be after Breath of the Wild, because it just makes much more sense from a narrative point of view. I think yep. it wouldn't make sense at all if it was after Age of Calamity. Correct. Mm. I don't think that they would... I don't think Nintendo would go in hard saying, oh, let's now let's continue the story on off of this spinoff game, which, you know, some people passed on because it was a spinoff game or it wasn't a mainline game. They're mm -hmm. not going to do that. Their Breath of the Wild 2 will be a continuation of Breath of the Wild. As mm -hmm. to how certain things from Age of Calamity could play into that, that's a lot of speculation. You know, was Astor, was he existent in the original timeline as well? And you know, I would argue yes, he is, and maybe he just had a different, different plot. I have a theory about maybe that mysterious hand, maybe is Astro's hand, whatever. That it's a whole another discussion. But mm -hmm. to the, the the thing I want to comment on is the idea of fan fiction. That that idea, I totally get that, and I totally hear that. Um, one of the bigger uh, Zelda YouTubers, um, Nintendo Black Crisis, that was his take on it was that it it mm. is a fan fiction story essentially but comma i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing now again coming from you know i write fan fiction i have my own novel zelda novel uh the arrow without a hero you know it's it is its own thing go check out I try to on keep zelda dungeon <laughs> gotta get our, <laughs> get our shameless plugs in there somewhere <laughs> Um, 
uh, yes, the... oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Speaking of like fan fiction, I think that's another reason why this story really resonated with me is because I wrote a whole fanfic on Prince Sidon getting over his grief of losing Mifa. Then that scene when he comes out of the portal and he says, oh, I will never allow you to take her again. Check As out this fan fiction a... on twoguysplayingzelda.com. Yeah. <laughs> Keep getting the shameless plugs. <laughs> as, as soon as he came out and he said those words, it just reminded me of like all that I wrote about Sidon trying to like get over losing Mifa and everything. And it really, really hit me hard at that mm-hmm. point. I don't think a Zelda game has ever taken me there. Yeah. And and I have to say, they had I I so desperately want to, they don't have to play it. They don't have to play into it big time. They don't even have to mention it with the other characters. But damn it, let Sidon have those memories with Mifa from Age of Calamity in Breath of the Wild 2. When we go see Sidon, yeah. let him remember that in some way. Please, God, because that oh. is just... Oh. <laughs> Please. Yeah. I agree with you more. So we got a, a reply comment. It is named Hyrule Warriors, after all, guys, not The Legend of Zelda. Thus, I feel Nintendo didn't make this game with the intention of it actually being an official canon story within the timeline. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Do you think that it automatically is no is not canon because it's uh, Hyrule Warriors rather than A Legend of Zelda? Well, if you ask me uh, from my own perspective... Hyrule Warriors, the first one in my mind is canon, despite what Inuma said, because it, <laughs> I think it's the most plausible way of explaining the timeline split and how it's all connected again. I mean, in my theory that I once wrote, it was that it's not Hyrule Warriors itself, the events that connected, the, that reunified the timeline, but it set up the events for later on, which sparked uh, the reunification of the timelines. But in terms of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity being canon, I just feel that Nintendo have done a lot of marketing and they put a lot of effort in this game to simply just be in a what if scenario because mm-hmm. the first time we got we got a demo of a Zelda game before. We haven't had that before and all the trailers and all the anticipation and everything they've done because it was supervised by Nintendo and Inuma. But mm-hmm. I just yeah. personally feel that they've done a game for it just to be a what if fan fiction story. But that's my take on it. I think they will leave it as a what-if story, but I think it's still canon and the idea of an alternate timeline. And the same way that yeah. the same way that the X-Men movies have alternate timelines because of Days of Future Past, and the mm-hmm. same way that the Avengers movies now have alternate timelines because of the events of yeah. uh, Endgame. The, these all, they're canon. They don't have to continue the story from there. But somehow both timelines end up in a but really bad Dark Phoenix movie. How does that work? Because they got another try and they still <laughs> fucked it up. Come on. <laughs> Bad writing. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah, now new I, mutants yeah, will save the canon, right? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the one guy that actually liked <laughs> new mutants. Okay. Like I didn't, I wasn't in love with it, but I was like, that was fine. That That was a fun movie. I was like, not sad that I went. To haven't, so. <clears throat> haven't, haven't dove in yet. Hmm. I'm just I'm now, now okay. That you, now that you mentioned mm-hmm. timelines, I actually got kind of strong Dragon Ball Z Android Saga vibes because you have the darkest timeline, which Future Trunks timeline, where everyone mm-hmm. dies, the androids mm-hmm. take over, and then you have going back in time, and then you have the main timeline. 
I think the difference here is going to be that in a lot of stories with timeline splits, it's usually the good timeline, which is where the story is continued, and then the bad timeline is kind of left to the side. Here it's going to be the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be that's a good point. I hadn't even thought about that because my mind went to um, Fire Emblem Awakening because I've been playing through that recently. And, um, and you know, that's another one of those, that's another game where there's a timeline change. You know, Lucina goes back from the, the, the end of the world to save her father and save the world. There's a, you know, again, you have a different, you have a timeline split. You know, her history was the world ending versus now fixing this and world not ending. Yeah. And we have the same thing here now in, in Zelda. You were mentioning before upon, about the repercussions for the champion successors. I think Ryu's story could take a very good turn because I remember in Breath of the Wild, you can tell that she was really struggling with leading the Gerudo and she's like, in her sleep, she's looking to, to Urbosa for help and everything. And I feel as if she's going to get that inspiration now to be able to lead the Gerudo against possibly Ganondorf coming back in Breath of the Wild 2. So in that sense, her experiences in Age of Calamity might end up being instrumental in stopping Ganondorf, possibly. Well, I mean, re reality, all three, or all four of them have, um, have, they grew out of that experience. You know, Yonobo was the, you know, he was cowardly. He was a courage, you know, he was a cowardly lion, and he gained some, yeah. he gained some by the end of his arc in Breath of the Wild, but I feel like Age of Calamity would really give him some courage. You know, Taba would learn to not get cocky not that he really did and i'm sorry but he has one of the best line him and arosa have some of the best lines in age of calamity the whole <laughs> the whole interaction with him reacting to how much of a dick Rivali is right I, I love how he's just like staring <laughs> like just like what do i even make of this shit what the fuck this is who our hero <laughs> who would think the rito champion was enough don't <laughs> I mean, I was actually expecting a bit more animosity between Rivali and Teba because I never really because I thought it would be Rivali like, oh, this guy's our successor in hundred years time, and Teba's like uh, nothing too great about him. I never really expected Teba to be like, oh, I, I idolize Rivali from the past or for, in my own timeline. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Speaking of Rivali. I was expecting to come on the podcast sometimes to be his staunch defender because I've always been defending him on Discord time after time. And yeah. even the point um, when he started, was about to start a war with Link and Zelda, even then I was like giving him the benefit of the doubt. When it came to the Korok Forest chapter, it was just kind of going on and on towards Link. And even at that point, all the champions were like, well, look, please shut up. I think even that, at that point, I was like, okay, I think, I think everyone else might have a point here. Yeah. I will say, I will say, I do like Rivali. I don't hate him. Same, yeah. I like the character. I would punch him in the face or the beak if he ever talked to me that way, but. <laughs> but no, I like his character and I think they did well with him in Age of Calamity. I mean, again, I think Age of Calamity did it a lot of things really, 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 really well. So, oh, yeah. 
I don't know. I thought they just made him more of a dick and like that's his entire personality. And the <laughs> the fact that he's so one note kind of puts me off because like uh, I think I was having a conversation with Usmania uh, at some point and we were comparing him to Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z and because they've got yeah. a lot of crossover in there. They're, you know, uh, you know, epic I'm warriors. The they I'm know the... they're great. They they and they're willing to tell you about it. But uh, I, I feel like Vegeta did more with his character than Rivali did, which maybe that's just because he got a lot more screen time because, you know, Dragon Ball Z was 750,000 episodes is, instead of, you know, the <laughs> two hours worth of cutscenes. He had time for in, redemption. Yeah. So it, it, it's possible that part yep. of that played into it. But especially in, in Age of Calamity, I feel like they really just went out of their way to make Rivali even more of a dick for no good reason, to the point where uh, uh, he, uh, Usmania was just saying, uh, one of my theories is that uh, he was actually out to start a war when they're coming up to meet Rivali to ask him to pilot Div Divine Beast. And he's just like, oh, here's a random Hylian in here. I'm going to attack him. You know, even though it's clear, I feel that he knows Link at this point. He knows that that is Link. He is attacking the princess's royal guard. I'm pretty sure the Rito are not stupid enough to miss, you know, they've got flying around patrols if they're getting attacked by monsters all the time. They fucking know that the princess is there and they fucking attacked at his order. This cunt's trying to fucking start a war. <laughs> Fuck him. Well... I think I'm, I think I flagged this up like a few days ago on the on Discord. <clears throat> given that Link, I think he's been given a bit more of a personality in Age of Calamity in a way, like when he's uh, be shown to be a glutton eating all that gore on food. I was thinking, well, to us as a as a player, he just seems very silent and not very talkative. But what if underhand he's the one who's just like <laughs> trading insults with Rivali, who's just like walking past him like stupid bird or. I'm better than you. But then Rivali is the one who's actually in the open saying stuff back. <laughs> Link's lines are just happen all off screen and he's really a clever wise ass. <laughs> I can totally see that, frankly speaking. It's like the way it's possible. <laughs> like some yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good pine tea. Who knew? A little bit of sticks and twigs in it, but yeah. Whoever, whoever invented, whoever invented pine tea, probably knew, or at least probably. after the first time they tried it. Yeah, you know, some random guy that said, "Hey, look, a tree. I bet I could put that in a pot of water and it'll taste delicious." I wonder how foods <laughs> and things came to be. And... <laughs> I'm imagining somebody putting a korok <laughs> in a pot now. <laughs> right. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Javier's back. Uh, guys, for those of you who firmly believes this game deserves to be part of the canon timeline, how can you justify the deus ex machina plot twist that Tarako did to save the day at the end when that has never been a thing in any other game in the franchise besides the original non-canon Hyrule Warriors game? Like, what's stopping future games from doing that to defeat Ganondorf every single time? Time travel has existed in Zelda for ever since Ocarina of Time. Uh, Link going back and forth between between his child era and the adult era could have affected things. There could be things that he 
did that affected things that created multiple timelines out of that. Oracle of Ages, every time you play the Harp of Ages, you're creating a new timeline, potentially. So what Terrico did in going back in time, you know, you, I, when I, my wife and I were discussing this as we were playing it, it was like, they're going to do this either one of two ways. Either Terrico is stuck in an eternal time loop and his, you know, and in, in that if the game ended with the original ending, which obviously it didn't, or Terrico stays in this past timeline and the rest of the world, his original timeline just goes on without him. That It's not a, it doesn't change the original timeline because he doesn't exist in that timeline anymore. He left there. He's gone. He's, mm-hmm. as much as we can time travel, you know, he's, he's just not there anymore. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, the way that I kind of look at it is like it's if especially if you're going to go with the it's a fan fiction route, then first of all, like who cares? It's a fan fiction is kind of how I look at it, Uh, because to me, it's it doesn't come across as a canon game, like I said. And, you know, some people are going to say it's canon or it's going to work into canon. That's fine. You can have your opinion. But the way that I look at it is it just doesn't feel like it's a canon game. So the time travel shouldn't really matter. It's just part of the story that they presented as a, as a fan fiction story is how I feel that they presented it. And that's, that's fine. Um, as far as the time travel thing, uh, going to, you know, go back in time and, and save everybody, uh, you know, it, it also had its different ramifications as well on this timeline. Uh, cause it didn't, specifically save the champions in the original timeline like dave was saying those those champions are still dead you know when we go to the breath of the wild 2 they're still going to be dead right so it didn't save those champions it only saved the champions in the new timeline but it also brought back the malice that infected the tiraco of the past which ended up being the uh, harbinger ganon later on so i think for what they did with a time travel story, I think it was interesting. And at the end of the day, I think it has zero impact on the series as a whole. It, you know, I take it for what I think it is, which is, you know, non-canon. It's just a cool, fun story. And I'm okay with that. Well, and Fair you know, enough. speaking of canon, there's certain things in it that you can look at as canon, non-canon, soft canon. You know, hard canon things are the characters: Urbosa, Rivali, um, uh, Mifa, and Daruk. They all existed. Mm-hmm. as hard canon. Nothing changed there. Mm-hmm. Soft canon is, you know, potentially what the inside of Akala Citadel looked like, what the Great Hall and Hyrule Castle looked like. These are assumed. This is a plausibility of, yeah, this is probably what it looked like. Uh, the, the ramp into the Great Plateau, the, the entryway into the Great Plateau. Yeah, plausible what it looked like. Go retrace the steps in Breath of the Wild and you'll see ruins that, okay, yeah, this kind of lines up with what was there in Age of Calamity. Uh, and then you get into the the questionable canon, which at that point you're dealing with things that are in a different timeline. So what's it matter? If it's in a different timeline, it's not going to affect the main story. Breath of the Wild is not going to be changed by anything that happened in Age of Calamity. It, it doesn't... They don't need... They, they're separate now. 
They're their own things. Just like what happens in Majora's Mask doesn't affect what happens in The Wind Waker. Right. It don't matter. Yeah. They don't. They're not connected. They're completely separate events and separate entities now. Yeah. I'd actually like to bring up a very interesting video that I watched. I think it was either Nintendo Black Crisis or Zeltic or it was either Mass Nintendo Bandit. And basically, what he was saying is that kind of sends a really good message that you look at the if you compare both events and how everything played out. So in Breath of the Wild, it seemed to be a bit more division between the kingdom and people were just doing their own thing, and that caused a bit of like animosity, especially between Link and Zelda. And Zelda just like did not like Link and saw him as a symbol of her failures. But Age of Calamity kind of showed more interactions between different characters. Hence, there was a lot more unity. So you never really saw Zelda grow an animosity towards Link and see him as like a symbol of her failures. Especially when they show that scene when Urbosa talks to Zelda. Tells her that, well, never compare your progress to Link. He's completely different to you and everything. That's what they were saying, that the moral of the story is that you talk things out with one another and things can be a lot better. It was quite an interesting yeah. take. Mm-hmm. That's a damn good point. <laughs> and everybody in the world, take note. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, what, uh, what do you guys think about um, Tarako in general uh, as a character? Uh, do you think he was interesting? And uh, did anybody else get really weird? Uh, Anakin Skywalker built C-3PO vibes at the end of the game. <laughs> That's totally all I was thinking. I was just like, how does this make any sense? How did you forget this shit? It's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, now that you mentioned it, yeah. I was wondering, like, why doesn't Zelda remember it? Well, then I, I assume that she just <laughs> forgot, like, I mean, how many things do you remember as a kid from when you're eight? Hmm. Eh, maybe not everything. But, but I I personally I love Terrico. I think he's amazing. I think I think the little R two D two BB eight death bot that he is is pretty amazing. Hmm. And I love the the little the little nod that Zelda built him. Okay, and then somebody went into death. Uh, I think it was um uh, ba, 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 uh Commonwealth realm went into detail on maybe like you know you know Zelda's mom the queen probably had a lot of input on how he was built and you know maybe some of that and it was and and its purpose behind why he was built and that's why it can play Zelda's lullaby, which right. when it when it started playing Zelda's lullaby, that was one of the that was one of the moments that made me just go, This game is amazing. I got mm. choked up. We were playing with my son and he mm. he was wanting me to, you know, skip it up. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> we not skipping this. Why aren't you skipping it, it Dad? Was... This is the way. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get my ubiquitous way. mandalorian <laughs> reference in every 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 week there it is so uh that's probably worth a drink if you're drinking along at home got my star wars hat on today as well got, i don't remember where i got this i think my mom gave me this star wars santa hat it's inexplicably blue i'm like it why is it a blue santa hat that kind of defeats the purpose but the point sticks up way tall instead of falling back and i think that's fucking hilarious Let's get into beer. <laughs> what, were your, what were your thoughts? Mania? What? What were your thoughts on uh, I mean, Terrico's Mania? 
I actually watched a very interesting video. She was saying that what if an essence of the spirit of Zelda's mother went into Terako? It was kind of showing different scenes about, like, for example, when the king is kind of giving Zelda a hard time about uh, getting her power, and then Terako comes in and starts kind of trying to scold uh, the king. And also when Link and Zelda are getting more close, and then Ter Terako comes between them, it's kind of like uh, Terako is being very overprotective of Zelda. So what if it, yeah, it's a part of Zelda's mother's spirit is inside Terako. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, I, I kept thinking that too. I kept thinking that too. I'm like, that's Zelda's mom. Zelda's yeah. mom's in that robot. Do it. So a couple of more interesting uh, questions here from uh, Javier in the comments. Um, kind of going, why, if Terrico was able to just do this magical time traveling, why didn't he just go back 10,000 years ago to the original Calamity and stop that? And uh, furthermore, why did he only bring in the champion's recruits instead of future Zelda and future Link, who are even arguably more badass than them? Uh, what do you guys think about that? Would that have been uh, interesting to see uh, more Link and Zelda? He also why, mentions why uh, any the first thing is right. Go ahead, somebody. Go ahead. Well, yeah. The first <laughs> thing is that the calamity ten thousand years back, uh, they actually won against calamity Ganon, so Terrico wouldn't need to go back to that timeline because it never lost a calamity. They're not. They never succumbed to the calamity. And plus, when it comes to Link and Zelda, say because before Age of Calamity was a thing, a lot of times they were saying that Link during pre-Calamity was a lot stronger than Link, the hero of the wild, because he obviously has lost his memories and his combat's not as strong. That's possibly a reason that you could give. It'll so be fine if he grinds my, my for a few hours, that. right? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. So my answers to that are my answers to that are one, well, the Terrico that Terrico didn't know if Lincoln Zelda necessarily lived. He wasn't there on at Fort Hateno, so he didn't necessarily know that they survived. So why would he why could he necessarily bring them back? I mean, maybe he could see into the future and plausibly understand that they were. Sure, but same way that he understood the the, the new champions and woke them up, you know, brought them back. He didn't necessarily know them. That's fair. Um, but then the bigger question is, why doesn't any time traveler just go back to the beginning of time and stop bad thing one, the very first mistake bad thing from ever happening? Why doesn't any why does any hmm. time traveler not say, hmm, gee, I'm going to go back and fix this one mistake as opposed to saying, why don't I go back to the root of my mistakes and fix that? So, I was... Uh... Yeah just having a conversation uh the other day about mega man and uh he's got like the crazy best teleporter that can put you pinpoint any place in the world and he still teleports mega man outside the robot master's base so he has to walk you know 10,000 feet and fight 100 enemies before he gets to the actual boss why not just <laughs> teleport me to rockman so i can kill rockman i'm not here to fight these little dorks right <laughs> so right. you know i guess uh, it, i what, see what you're you... saying is one of those suspension of disbelief things it makes a more interesting story this way it makes it you know mega yeah. man is more interesting because you got the platforming elements and you're fighting the little guys on your way to the 
you know, a robot master. <clears throat> right. Well, and, you know, Teriko's connection to Zelda would say, hey, let me go back and save her. Let me go back specifically to her and save her. So why would it go back 10,000 years to somebody? No, especially if it has some sort of essence of its creator or of its, you know, of its mom, its creator's mom inside of it in some fashion or way. You know, it, 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 it's fine. It totally makes sense. Yeah, this is the point you go back to. And clearly it's not a exact science or else it would have probably showed up square in Zelda's lap, not on the ground at this random location that just happens to be where the central tower is. Right. It'll, in the middle you probably say that... You could probably say, well, why don't you just take it even further back? Why doesn't Terrico go back to Demise's era and just take out Demise? That just exactly. stops Calamity Ganon from ever happening. So yep. I, think you'll, I think you'll end up opening a Pandora's box if you start yeah. questioning that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's a little plot hole that Javier is kind of pointing out is that uh, Terrico uh, never explains why he randomly bat brought four people from a future he never even knew it existed instead of, I don't know, bringing the many Links or Zeldas from across the entire timeline. So that's that's a kind of an interesting idea. Uh, I, I do think it is an interesting plot hole now that I think about it that he did teleport back in time before all of the champions died and, and way before the successors were there. So how the fuck would he know where to find them? That is actually a kind of a good point, And I didn't think of that. <laughs> well, plausibly it's after the champions died, but you wouldn't necessarily know that. Right. But still, he wouldn't have known that the successors ever existed. Right. Because it was a right. hundred years later. And, right. My my answer to that is gameplay. It, it just it made sense mm -hmm. gameplay wise. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's my kind it, of you're digging a little too deep into yeah. the why when just it is what it is. Yeah. Enjoy, my my what, take on that whole is. thing with the successors coming back is this is a fanfic kind of game and it's a fan service element that they added. That that's my take on it and it's. You can criticize it for being a fan service element. That is totally what it is. Because there's, like, I didn't expect to see Riju and Sidon and, and all them. And I'm happy they're there. I fucking love these characters and I want to play as them. But does it make sense that they're there? No. But it's, again, it's not a canon game. I don't think it has to. You know, the original Hyrule Warriors, I feel like its biggest flaw was the story trying to just shoehorn everybody into one uh, unified timeline, which they did well enough that it was fun, but at the end of the day, it was a total fan service play to put in Darunia and Rudo and, and uh, Ganondorf and all these people to fight on the same side. Did Agatha really need to be there? <laughs> Agatha was of fucking fun. I love playing Agatha. I will I will die on this hill. She is the best character except for Darunia. <laughs> so he's saying Koei Tecmo basically used a plot device, Terrico, simply to enhance the gameplay. With this tiny detail right here, it proves that it can't be canon, which 
if that's your take, then yeah, I'm, I, I agree with that take. I agree. It's not Canon. And I agree that it was just there to enhance the gameplay. It's but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. (laughs) No, no. Yeah. It's, it's Canon in its own world. Just like how real warriors is Canon in its own world. It has its own Canon. If you don't, even if you don't try to fit it in with the rest of the other Zelda games, it's, it exists in its own world. Just like the CDI games have their own canon. The Tingle games have their own canon. Triforce Heroes should be its own canon. It, you know, it's the, they're 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 their own things. They're you know, and and they can be that because they made it the way they did. You know, Hyrule Warriors is its own thing because it's its own thing. Like, it, it, you know, whether or not it is the the unifying the out the game that unifies the three timelines or whether it's or whether it's just its own thing it's just a fun thing that they did you don't have to necessarily take it as as gospel it's you know it it's fun i'm glad it exists but it doesn't affect the main story mm-hmm. when it comes down to it breath of the wild 2 is going to be a continuation of breath of the wild and it's I, it, again i hope I really hope that they give sight on those memories of his sister because God damn, those were good. And, and just, it, it, it works me up thinking about he finally has at least some memory, some closure, some, a conversation with, with her as an adult that, that he never got to have. And, and I'm sorry, but I want that for him. I damn it. I want that for him. <laughs> he deserves that. Absolutely. Well, we're totally on the same page there. Finest. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, what I would add is like one of the main, one of the beauties of the Zelda franchise as a whole is that you can make up your own mind in certain things. You can make your own interpretation of what everything is. Like, for example, I'd reference uh, Red from Two Guys Playing Zelda, and he was he wrote an article that every Zelda game is just like a retelling of the same tale, same thing, and even like Majora's Mask. You either it's either your interpretation is it a parallel world to Hyrule or is it just something that the mask made just a, uh, just a illusory world that Majora's mask made from Skull Kid's memories? So that's an open interpretation. I mean, I still subscribe like... to the Link is dead theory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. It's, uh... <laughs> I know it's probably not it true, life, but it's or is cool. It just so fantasy? I want it to be. <laughs> Is it real life or is it fantasy? No escape from reality. (laughs) Open your eyes. Look up to the skies and see. Are we going to do this whole thing or not? Harmonize with me, damn it. I'm just a a poor boy. I need need no sympathy. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) You fucked up the lyrics. You have to drink. Yep. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. Uh, what else do you guys kind of want to say about this game? What are your favorite characters to play? Because um, there's there's a ton of great characters in this game, and I, I feel Impa. like we could talk for there for hours. I fucking love Impa. Actually, I she's not oh, yeah. one of my mains, but Impa I, I and like the other answer, I I would say is wrong. Ampa is not my main right now because I'm trying to get everybody else to fucking level 74 so I can unlock Climate Ganon. <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, fuck. Is that what it is? 
Damn it. I keep hearing that, the, that is the one spoiler that I was not spoiled on, but now you've spoiled it, and now I have to drink. I, I kept hearing that there's another secret character. And, um, Beyond Terrico. And, yeah, and, and I'm like, Gannon. is it true? I'm not going to click the link, so I don't know. <laughs> but that's that's fine. I, so We're in a spoiler so, discussion. So my, there, was a, there was a warning at the start. So my thing was, I I didn't look up spoilers until we beat the game, and then I was mm -hmm. like, all right, who else is unlockable? Who because and because mm -hmm. specifically in the um uh in the levels where you're playing on the uh on the Great Plateau, Pura and Robbie well and and the Fort Atena, Pura and Robbie are running around and they have health bars. To me, mm -hmm. that screams they're a playable character. You can see them. You can mm. whatever whatever you know. And so I am, you know, hoping that for DLC some yeah, sometime down the road that Pearl yes, and Robbie show I love, up. I love both of their designs now, and and Pearl was yes. one of my fucking favorite characters of the original Breath of the Wild, and I'm just like, yes, oh my god, seeing her young is it's just so cool. I I love her character design. I love just everything oh, about yeah. her personality. She's she's isn't, awesome. Yep. And she's like arguably the smartest character in, in Zelda history. Or at least one It'd be debatable smart. between yeah. her and her and Robbie, I think. I don't know. You don't think Tingle? I, I would say maybe <laughs> Princess Styla. I think the hand hand in the toilet. This guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> paper. Paper. <laughs> look, look. I'm cosplaying. <laughs> oh my god, that is the best cosplay I've ever. Just get a fucking cardboard <laughs> box and just just walk around with your. <laughs> I'm doing it. That is my next Halloween costume. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways. Yeah, so I, I totally mean Daruk. Uh, Daruk is my man, because I, I just fucking love Gorons anyways. Like, right since Ocarina of Time as a kid, I was just, like, in love with the idea of being a giant dude that sits in a mountain and fucking eats rocks all day. I'm totally into this. I'm I'm like Daruk is my spirit animal. I, I want to. I'm I, sorry. I just, <laughs> just want to sit around eating rocks all day. Is that so bad? But um, yeah. Um, I really it, love. I think I do like input as well. Her move set isn't uh as close to my playstyle because I like the big giant heavy characters. So I also love playing King Rome a lot. Uh, oh yeah, I like them King Rome. <laughs> He's fun. I think he's got one of the more unique uh, abilities too, because uh, I like the that they mixed up everybody, giving everybody the ZR ability uh, mm. to be a little different. And some of them I feel like are just like this is a boring ability. Like Rivali is just like, look at me, I fly in the air, and now my move set is better. And it's like, why didn't you just have a good move set on the ground? Then you wouldn't need the yeah. unique ability. It's it seems like a weird design or like Link with the bow and arrow that's basically worthless. Like I never right. use that as Link. I use that all the time. Oh really? Because it it will instant it'll instantly take an entire wedge out of somebody's um like their break bar or whatever you want to mm. call it. I, I use Lionels all the time. Mm. Like I, especially if I've if I'm like jumping back to dodge one of their big AOE attacks. Like I'll just jump out of the way and just hit him with the bow and arrow for like two, three hits, and then I'll rush back in and attack. 
uh, Javier is telling me Daruk is basically Darunia 2.0 because he's this, basically the same character with a slightly different appearance and name. Um, if you played the original Hyrule Warriors, they do play similarly but differently enough to be distinguishable and unique. Uh, I really, because I was a little afraid that he would feel too much like Darunia because Darunia was my main in that game as well. Uh, except for Agatha, and I did I did play Marin when I got the DLC. I really liked Marin. Uh, he he was ta talking about Marin in the comments. I fucking love her. But um, yeah, uh, with Daruk, I I really think he's got. I I don't think his is as cool as uh, some of the more unique ones. Like Impa's Shadow Clone Jutsu is cool. Uh, but, but Daruk's just exploding his magma all over the place. I, I, I just, it's cool to watch and, <laughs> and that's a cool thing. Cause if you, if you set it up right to get a bunch of magma spikes around there, it's kind of like what you were saying where it'll eat through weak point gauge, right? When you, you, you know, if you can explode it twice on top mm. of a Lionel, that'll take a large chunk out of the weak point gauge. And plus his combos are pretty good anyway. And then on top of that, he's also got Daruk's protection, which is busted as shit. And you can abuse the hell out of it. If you're patient enough, you can just be like, I'm invincible to <laughs> almost every attack in the whole game. There, There's, I think, two or three attacks from different enemies that I have found. The Lionel's giant explosion will go through it and some of the each of the blight ganons has one attack that'll go through it and stuff like that but like moblins can't touch you any other champion can't touch you you are literally invincible to most enemies as long as you are holding the left trigger it's fucking stupid and i love it mm. <clears throat> Uh, but going back to King Rome, I think I really love the way that they kind of incorporated the old man design into it. Actually, I didn't expect that. And then the fact that yeah. you change it up oh, and yeah. it basically just adds another uh, attack to your combos is is really cool. That you basically have two strong attacks and you can use them both at the same time. I'm like, that's that's just a, a fun design choice. I really like it. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. What? That uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're fine. I was yeah. gonna transition to another specific character, but um, go ahead. Yeah, with King Rome, I actually stumbled upon his his uh, other design from Breath of the Wild. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. The the woodcutter. So, what are our thoughts on the Great Fairy or the Great Fairies? I think it's hilarious that they're here. I yet. did not expect to unlock them. Uh, like, when I was doing the fairy fountains, I'm like, I wonder what I'll get. Maybe it'll be a gear upgrade so that my, you know... I was thinking, like, the clothing that you can get in the game would actually have maybe some of its effects or something. I thought that could be cool. Uh, and then it's like, you unlock the great cool. fairies as a playable character. I'm like, what? Oh, I just did not see that coming. I'm like, and I tried them instantly and they just do not fit my play style. They're like, I feel like if you get good with them, they could be really good because their swapping ability is uh, a little different than King Rome's. So I, I, I just couldn't quite get the swing of it. I'm like, I feel like this is too technical a character for me. I, when I'm playing a Warriors game, I don't want a technical character. I want a big, meaty guy to bash shit with a hammer. 
That's what I have played in every Warriors game I've ever played is a guy with a giant hammer or a giant ball of chain or a giant, you know, Daruk sword, whatever. I'm just like, who's got the biggest fucking weapon? I'm going to cleave through a thousand guys with it. <clears throat> Actually, in Dynasty uh, my, Warriors my 4, you could uh, uh, customize your own characters. So I, I had this like little tiny Asian girl with like the 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 fucking anime hair and shit and the biggest weapon in the game and then I'm swinging her out this ball of chain like the size of Lynx in Twilight Princess probably bigger than Lynx in Twilight Princess is one of the weapons you can unlock in that game and it's it was so much fun <clears throat> that was awesome no, my wife tried the Great Fairies on one level where I had to, I had to be Mifa or Sidon because she she loves Mifa. Like Mifa's her, she's gonna pick Mifa every time if she can. I've told her she's not allowed to because we have to level everybody else up. Um, but um, but she she loves Mifa, but for whatever reason she couldn't be her. So she's like, fine, I'll try out the Great Fairies, and she she was like, I'm done. No, never again, never <laughs> again. <laughs> And I'm like, speak. All right. Speaking of Mifa, I think she's absolutely awesome as a character. Probably my favorite champion of the four. Just so agile and so quick, and then just is able to destroy so many enemies at the same time. Well, that's the point of the game. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, even compared to like Sidon, I think Sidon is good, but not as great as I was expecting. He's slow. Yeah. He's forever. He feels slow. He feels sluggish, and I don't like that. Like, mm. and it, it doesn't. He doesn't say for that slowness with power, like Daruk yeah. does, Minobo mm. does. They 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 at least compensate it for compensate for their lack of speed with. I'm gonna hit you hard. I'm gonna hit you like a like a fucking freight train, and you're gonna feel it. Sidon feels slow and not and like he doesn't hit hard. Um, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's got a kind of a cool gimmick too, where you get extra moves if you time the thing right with the with the button push. But I always forget to do that because I play him infrequently. So I'm like, when I'm doing like quests to level him up or something that you have to be side on or something. I'm like playing it and it, I, I just keep forgetting to push the the trigger to, I, to activate it. I do love that he plays golf. Oh, with, he with the bombs. Wow, yeah. bomb yes. I, I love like, that mechanic. That's funny. <laughs> I was like, when I, when I realized what he was doing, I'm like, he's playing golf, right? <laughs> baseball or something. It, yeah. They're they're teasing Mario Golf to come back on the Switch is what they're doing with you them. Heard it he's going to be the folks, like one of the unlockable characters. <laughs> Side on in Mario Golf. <laughs> I can just imagine that he's just like you know three times the size of any of the other characters, mm-hmm. and he's just fucking hitting it with a spear. It's like what the hell, great shot, <laughs> great shot, wonderful. Tremendous! <laughs> yeah. You can do it! I really want to, like, read you, because she's one of my favorite characters. Oh. She is my favorite character in Breath of the Wild as a character, but her moveset is, like, just okay. And I'm like... Because, yeah. so, like, some of... It, like, all of her moves are cool, but some of them are, like, the, the lightning thing 
where you keep spamming the button and it keeps making more lightning is mm -hmm. so hard to control when you're next to a guy. I'm just like, can you please just stand fucking still and do it? <laughs> it's like, exactly. it's a great mm -hmm. thing to mow through, you know, a line of enemies. If you're on your way to take a base or something, that's cool. But when you're yep. like fighting one guy, I feel like her combos are just not where I want them to be. Uh, but she, she's still fun. I, it's she's got a interesting mechanics with the seal and the lightning because uh, uh, so I, I like a lot of she's the ideas weird. but it's it, hard to get a hold of yeah it is it is a little weird I got good with her just because I fucking love her as a character but yeah. like if I didn't yeah. love her so much as a character I would not have put in the effort <clears throat> what about uh, what about old Maz Koshia that was also hilarious because I did not expect to have him as a playable character either. I was just like, that that so far is the one that took me by surprise the most. Actually, uh, I was just like, Maz Koshia. I, I, you know, he's just this random monk from a DLC that I, <laughs> I, I just just never in a million years would have guessed him even as a DLC character. I never would have guessed Maz Koshia. But then he here he comes out and I, I, like I do him. all the quests and he's like. He's he's neat, but again, it's just one of those things where it's not my playstyle. <clears throat> he creeps my wife out with his <laughs> like, like the like the voice. Uh, kudos to the voice actor, but like his, like this whole voice thing, like the echo that goes on with it, it creeps her out, and she's like, "You cannot play him when our son is awake. You're gonna give him <laughs> nightmares." And I'm like, "He'll be fine." <laughs> I also love that he just like randomly will make like one of his combos makes a shrine appear randomly <laughs> like in the middle of the battlefield. So, I, like I'll I'll spam I'll do that move and then my wife is like I can't get through. I did it on Death Mountain at one point and like it blocked off one of the paths and she couldn't get through. <laughs> How did we find Astor as a villain? You know, underused under. I, I was going to go there. He's he's a cool design, and like I was really into him at the start of the game, and then at the end of the game, I awesome. was like, he didn't really do anything, did he? Oh, he didn't. Like, he was neat, but he just kind of showed yeah. up and was like, I'm going to take Ganondorf's power, and uh, fucking Suga was like, that's not a good idea, you're going to get fucked. And then he did. That's all bad idea, man. It's like, of all people, Suga just yeah. was like, hey, no, this is dumb. Speaking of which, I fucking also love playing as uh, the other Yiga dude. He's so funny. Oh. Uh, ah! oh, oh, God, uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm... Koga, Master Koga, that's it. Oh, okay. Koga. <laughs> we, couldn't, we couldn't remember, so we oh have my to play. playing as him. Mm. that's a drink yeah he's he's just hilarious i i'm not very good as him but he's so funny oh and i'm just like i have so much fun even though i'm not good and i don't remember which combo is which i'm just like i'm gonna <laughs> do it because it's hilarious yeah. <clears throat> back to aster i love i love aster his voice actor is amazing oh, yeah. his presence mm -hmm. when he's on screen is great the problem is he got more underused and shafted than Zant did in Bre and Twilight Princess. 
And you know, that's one of, that's one of the biggest critiques that I see all the time about Twilight Princess is that well, Zant got screwed, Zant got underused, Zant got you know whatever. Aster takes the cake now as far as underused villain, because at the end of the day, it just felt like he was just there to be you know, fodder for Ganon at the end, you know, absorbed into him, which was one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen in a Zelda game, in a video game. Oh, yeah. But I, I really, I really hope that, and, and again, to go back to Breath of the Wild 2, I hope that they acknowledge that Aster existed, that Aster exists as the original prophet who said, hey, you know, Calamity Ganon is coming back. There's all these ancient tech underneath the earth. Let him be that character. Let him be that. And that's more or less what it's alluded to. And, you know, the Japanese translations of it come out to be more or less saying, yeah, this was him. Because it's the same, the same word, the same exact word for prophet or whatever it is in Japanese. It's the same that they used in the original Breath of the Wild description of that character. I hope that's still him. I wish like that would be, that's who he is. But he was so underused, and just it let me down. That was one. Of, that was one of the points that let me down in Age of Calamity was that Aster didn't. He was built up in the trailer. He was built up at the very beginning of the game, and then you don't see him enough. You don't get enough of them outside of like one scene, a couple battles here and there. It's just it's kind of got sidelined. I felt like I think that's completely fair uh, reflection on Astor. I mean, getting more from the character. I was in the uh, spam man just said that kind of flattered to deceive. He's was set up to be something very big, something very novel in terms of a Zelda villain, but then kind of just fizzled out by the end. But also, I'd like to point out how awesome was Calamity Ganon's design in this game. I dig it. I, I thought it was pretty cool. Amazing. <clears throat> it's almost, almost like... And I, I hope that serves as a... hope that serves as a an inspiration for what Ganondorf Calamity Ganon Two point and Breath of the Wild Two can kind of look like or kind of be like. Almost look like demise, actually. Now that I remember it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, real quick, I'm going to review this beer because I uh, am almost done with it now, and and we keep talking about awesome video games instead of beer. So, uh, oh, hold on, beer break. Um, so this is the Polliner right. Muncher Lager. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm not a German guy, but um, Polliner, most of the things that I've had from them, I've, I've had several of theirs lately, and they're, they've all just been okay. And this one's actually pretty good. It's, it's a nice, easy, uh, crisp, clean, just lager. It's, it's just, it's fine. Uh, so I'm going to give that a nice uh, 13. Not, not overwhelmingly amazing, but that's a fine beer. Um, and then... Real quick, I thought we had an interesting comment again from Javier, who's uh, saying uh, he was, uh, in regards to um, Aster, uh, he was well-voiced and but uh, terribly written compared to Vati, Girahim, Demise, even Onox and Varen from the Oracle games. He is a nothing villain. So uh, what do you guys think about that? Where do you think he ranks among Zelda villains? Could have been better. 
I'll I'll second that. Could have been better. Um, I yeah, he was because he was so underused. Like they they didn't give a background. They didn't give an explanation of why or where he was, where he came from. They literally just say he's from a certain village in Hyrule. Right. He's yeah. He was underused again. That's my biggest problem with with his character is he when he was on screen it was captivating i was interested i wanted to know more they never gave it to me and sidebar i just finished number two um i'll give it a i'll give it a 12 um not as good as the first one slightly higher alcohol content at least it gets you drunk (laughs) (laughs) yes at least it gets me that fuzzy feeling right here um but back to Astor, yeah, he just, yeah, I, I as as was presented, very subpar, not good enough, wanted more. What did I anticipate? I anticipated a lot more. I wanted more, I, and that was, and all the areas that this game excelled, that was one of the few that it just missed the mark of. Mm. Um, yeah, for me, I like I said it. Like, I I almost want to rank him near the bottom, not because I hated him, but because I just didn't feel anything, right? Because, like, through the entirety of Skyward Sword, I was just over Girahim's character. I did not like him at all. I was just like, you're just an annoying little shit. That's all you are. But (laughs) at the... (laughs) Perfect impression there. I'll drink to that. Um, But, um... (laughs) At the end, that they reveal that, uh, you know, Girahim is actually the counterpart to Fee. He's the Sword of Demise, where Fee is the Sword of the Hero. Okay, suddenly, you've got cool lore. Even if you're not an interesting character, you're just an annoying shitbag. You've got amazing lore. That's super cool. So he's got something going for him. Yep. And Aster just doesn't. He's like... The character design is cool, but he just doesn't do anything. He's just there. Like, what do you even, like... The potential mm. was there. Yeah. Like, one of the... Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) It's just like, what are you doing at? So, last point before I have to run off. Uh, I mean, I hope in the DLC we get something more of a backstory to Astor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really banking on that so that I can really care about the character more, if you get what I mean. Right. Once for DLC, Aster, Sugo, Beetle, Cass, Pura, Robbie. Six characters. It was a little bit of story with each of them, especially Astor. I'll give you 30 bucks for that. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, I think that's about close to our time anyway. So thank you everybody for joining us, especially thank you Javier for, uh, commenting all night. That's, uh, been kind of awesome to have a, you know, an extra voice, even though there, you're not a, you're not a voice, you're a text, but close enough. So, um, and thank we you for everybody questions. checking us out on the audio Perfect. versions as well. We're always available on Podbean and Apple podcasts as well as here on YouTube. So uh, check us out 
Uh, whichever one of those floats your boat, we're always going to be live every Friday night, 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, I don't know what time that is everybody else's time, because everybody else lives in weird places. Like, uh, it's probably way, way early, late for Usmania over there in, in good old Britain. So thank you for joining us. <coughs> um, you can find uh, Usmania over on uh, twoguysplayingzelda.com. You want to tell them a little bit about uh, what you what you put on there? Oh, mainly I'm a fanfic writer, so my latest uh, fanfiction is basically pitching a live-action Zelda trilogy, which my first part was kind of a pitch as a new story. After a few suggestions, it's been basically a completely original Zelda story, completely away from the time from the main timeline, but it kind of takes inspirations from different games, so there'll be a bit of Twilight Princess plot points, there'll be Breath of the Wild type plot points, and there'll be like original characters who are inspired by different uh, characters from the games, but then also returning characters from the series. So that's a little bit about me and my fanfics. Yeah, so go check him out. And you also do some TGPZGaming.com articles with me. Uh, we both put up various things there. If you haven't heard of TGPZ Gaming, it's a really cool website. Um, it's got literally all sorts of gaming merch from around the web all organized into one place. So you can go and check out different, you know, glassware and, uh, you know, collectibles and uh clothing different and just all sorts of cool gaming merch and it's all organized into one place so you get more than you get at your average like single retailer because it's all organized in one place and you can easily add it to your cart through their uh tgpzgaming.com as well there's a blog there that uh, i do writing for sometimes i'm working on an age of calamity review right now which will be up there uh in the next uh few days probably hopefully if i get around to it uh <laughs> I've been working on it slowly but surely. Uh, so that'll hopefully be up there. Uh, and you can see some of Usmania got a few articles up there as well. Uh, I think you did. Your last one was was the Spider-Man one or the Sonic one? I forget. What one on Spider-Man, which is my Spider-Man one was basically why the PS4 story was probably the best story ever told. Why uh, alongside you should the 19th. have a boner for Peter Parker by Usmania. <laughs> And then another, and another one was Sonic. How mm. to make the Sonic franchise good again in terms of gaming and how it's kind of lost its glory over time, and how the movie mm. success can spark that. Yeah, Sweet. and uh, our other guest this evening was David Wayne Nystrom. Uh, you can find him over on Zelda Dungeon as well as other places. Is your is your book actually available yet? No, I don't. I'm working on something. Okay. Working on it. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Uh, but uh, go ahead and plug yourself anyways. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at DaveWayne09 or at ZeldaTewa, which is the which is the acronym for the Arrow Without a Hero, which is my fanfic novel, um, which takes place between the uh, between Ocarina of Time and The Wind Waker. Um, you can find me also over at, like I said, like uh, Sean said, over at uh, ZeldaDungeon.net. I write articles over there most of the time. Find me if you just search for the, the Arrow Without a Hero, which is the on-running series there through the Fan Fiction Friday. You can also find me actually writing articles. I actually got a couple articles, normal articles out this month. I was really proud of myself for that. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I cover news and news and random stuff over there every, every once in a while. 
yeah. All right, so check them out. And without, uh, with, with, I guess that's all. So um, we will now move on to the final segment of the podcast, which is where we just talk about inane bullshit until somebody says something really awkward, and then I cut it off in a hilarious place. Perfect. Yeah. Usmania abandoned us. All right. He, he told me he was going to, <laughs> and, and now he he's had to gone. Go. Yeah. He, he had to go. Didn't even say <laughs> bye. Come on, man. <laughs> I guess I, I opened this other beer, though, so I, I have to uh, review that. So this is uh, Boulevard Brewing Company. is a local Colorado place here, um, and that's uh, they make pretty good stuff. This is their unfiltered wheat, says Hazy American Classic. Mm-hmm. Nice. I need to get out to Colorado again. My cousins and my uncle live out there. Um, they're all, they've all lived out there for a long, long time. And I, I've been out there to see them. Last time I was out to see them was when I got dumped by my ex fiance. Nice. So go figure that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Let me know if you're but, coming out this way. I'll, I'll show you where to find all the good beer. <laughs> sure. For sure. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, we we skipped what you're playing this week, so I guess we could go into that until somebody says something really awkward. Um, what you've been playing this right. week, Dave? Yeah, uh, outside of Age of Calamity, um, I've been popping into Genshin Impact a little bit here and there because um, mm. that's on my phone and it's easy to pop on when my wife is watching a show that I'm that she started watching without me or I was only half interested in, so didn't stick around for enough of it. I've been popping into that and obviously. Starting probably tomorrow, I'll jump into Fire Emblem. Hell Maybe yeah. a little bit here and there. As soon as I'm done, like, uh, posting all the uh, audio versions of this and stuff, I'm going to go download it because I'm super hyped that that is coming out. Uh, I was hoping yeah. to get to it today, but then I, I dragged this fucking tree for a mile back to my truck. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, and then I, I brewed it into a tree. <laughs> like, when I saw it, I was like, I thought it was just like... A, <laughs> a tree like a regular christmas tree and then i realized that it was like an actual real tree and i was like oh shit that's a real tree <laughs> yeah i got it's a real awesome. tree yeah there's a there's a place uh down the road uh it's it's about an hour away up in the mountains uh from where i live so it's not that bad you know just about an hour drive and then you know off a little dirt trail and uh you ba basically give the forest service 10 bucks and they let you take a tree as long as it's nice. it's got to be like it can't be too little or, or, or whatever. Right. And you got to cut it oh, they, in such yeah, a way that it doesn't screw up. And... Yeah. So it's, but it's, it's not bad. It's like 10 bucks for a Christmas tree. And then, you know, I get to have a little adventure with the kids and, you know, that's always fun, you know, bring them along and yeah. do that whole thing. So that's I've just been talking about, she wants to do a real tree one year and, and we're partially afraid because, you know, well, we mm -hmm. have a, you know, right now we have an eight month old and, and then my my son's five and whatever, and then we have the dog and right. So it's kind of it's a, it's that moment of do we want to risk the real tree or should we just stick with the tree that we've had since our wedding? Well, let's just stick with our wedding. Yeah, tree. yeah. When we, got, when we got married, our our wedding was all Christmas themed, and mm -hmm. it was like the week before Thanksgiving, so mm -hmm. it was all Christmas themed, and we had a bunch of stuff and it's like. Nice. So we literally our tree that we still have up in our living room is the same tree that we had at our wedding, you know, seven and a half years ago or seven years ago, That's eight cool. years ago. Shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's not going to watch this. So I don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I always had a, a fake tree growing up as a kid uh, that we'd set up every year at my parents' house when I lived with them. And then when I moved out with my wife, I kind of got amalgamated into her family tradition of going and cutting down a tree every year at this place. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Except for my only problem with that is that all of her family, for some reason, wanted to go at like five o'clock in the morning for no fucking reason. And they're like, because all the trees will be gone at noon. I'm like, no, they won't. If, if that was your real problem, you would have done it three weeks ago when they opened the tree cutting thing. Right. You waited three weeks in to do it on a on the Saturday that works for everybody's schedule. You know, if if you were that worried about it, you would have done it three weeks ago instead of instead of this day. The the time of day makes negligible difference of like you're just making excuses, Uh, which I don't mind because I'm, you know, outdoorsy enough that I like the idea of going and having a little adventure and cutting down a tree and shit. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to do that. I Although might, we got a like doing bigger that next year for still here. Usually do because this this actually is about uh, half the size it was. Maybe a little. I, I cut off the bottom end of it so that it would actually fit in our condo. Mm. <laughs> so it was a pain <laughs> in the ass to drag a mile back to my truck. I, I'm guessing it was close to a mile. I'm not, I'm not sure, but it it was long enough Oof. that it was a pain in the ass to drag this. You know. I don't even know how heavy this yeah. tree is, but it's by far the biggest and heaviest tree that we've got at this place. So it's like, why did is your is your condo at least is your condo at least on the first floor, or is it like up a like yeah, you have to carry up some steps? It, we're we're on the ground floor. We're actually down a little bit. So right. actually, and I, and I've got like this little patio right. yard kind of area in front of my. So when I as soon as I got in, I was just like, I'm not dragging this down the stairs, and I just heaved it over the fence. I'm like. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> Man solved. <Three. laughs> Somebody get the dog out of the way. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was a fun adventure. Um, so this uh, hazy oh, meat beer is actually not too bad either. I'm actually impressed. I've liked every drink. Usually I have at least one drink that I'm just like, why did I do this to myself? But this week I've actually had three yeah. for three. Actually pretty good pretty good drinks. Mm. Very nice. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to show off my mug. Oh, yeah. Awesome. You can actually see. It's, yeah. a, it's customized Somebody, with my, my little name on you it. You stole it from some guy named David. Yes, that's yes. exactly what happened. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. You're gonna write that. You're gonna write that there beer. Um, I'm gonna give that a fourteen on a scale of three to seventeen. So that's not bad. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Yeah. Take a peek at this. Take a peek at this art book again. I didn't get a chance to really look through it. Oh, yeah, his art book. Flip That's definitely it. what he's looking at. Art. Yes, yes I'm looking at my, my penis, and I'm watching porn on my phone. Interesting. 